Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance and Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rockingham app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Thursday morning, everybody. We're glad to be with you here on the Morning Blitz on 1025 U-Rock, AM 730, Fox Sports Tri-State here on this wonderful Thursday. 28 degrees outside. It's almost hard to imagine. 28 degrees this morning. I remember stepping out yesterday after the show, Christian, and I sat there and I thought, this is like hot. Like 28 degrees? Feeling pretty darn hot if you ask me. Pretty impressive. How are you doing this morning? Balmy. I am great. The Lord saw fit to give me breath in the lungs one more day, and so <laughs> that's uh, that makes for a good day. Um, I don't know. It's tropical. It's balmy outside. Life is good. You know, it it really does feel. I like all jokes aside, the the fact that your like face doesn't physically hurt walking outside uh, makes it feel like it's actually warm and. We've, we've been tricked. We've been bamboozled. Hoodwinked. <laughs> we've hoodwinked. been bamboozled and hoodwinked. Nice drop there, Ever friend. seen Hoodwinked? Yes. So, movie. Uh, anyway, we got a full show ahead for you here on a Thursday. Once again, glad you're with us. Get your thoughts, your comments, your text messages in. We'd love to hear from you throughout the show. The number 785-899-2222. That's 899-2222. The number part. Of the Morning Blitz here on this Thursday morning, we will get into what was a pretty good night, I'd say, overall for uh, Juco basketball last night. Colby men, Northwest Tech men picking up wins. Colby and Northwest Tech women, unfortunately, falling. But, hey, uh, better than the uh, what's unfortunately been kind of the typical sweep uh, here over the last couple of weeks. So we'll get to that coming up here a little bit later on in the program. Uh, we will touch on what was a horrific, horrific, a drunk basketball game uh, in Piscataway between Nebraska and Rutgers. We'll get to that coming up in our third <laughs> segment. And peek ahead to also tonight, Colorado taking on Oregon uh, in some Pac-12 action tonight from the CU Event Center. So we'll get to that coming up in the very end of the show. I uh, want to start off the show, though, once again, talking it is day number one of the Orange and Black Classic. And so we have that getting going today from Colby's Event Center uh, we will get to that in just a matter of seconds. I do also want to quickly highlight there is some other tournaments going on today or resuming play today. The Mid-Continent League Basketball Tournament resumes play today. The Oakley Girls will play this evening against Ellis in the Consolation Semifinals should they win. Uh, or no matter what happens, if they win or lose, they'll play the winner or the loser of Hayes, TMP, and Trigo on Saturday for either fifth or seventh place. But yeah, it's consolation day in the mid League bracket. So boys and girls 
consolation games are being played today. There is also, I don't know what you call it. Like, if you lose the play-in game, like, so in the tournament, you know, so you have the eight-team tournament, but you have 11 teams. So you have a play-in game to get into the tournament. If you lose the play-in game, what do you call the games? It's a round-robin. What do you call the games? It's not the loser's bracket because that would be the consolation bracket. So I don't know what you call the the round-robin part. Uh, the, <laughs> that's well put. So the NIT is what uh, Oakley and Hoxie boys are playing in. I guess that's what we're going to dub it. And they will play, at least Oakley boys will play today. Uh, from what I can tell in Phillipsburg, it's Smith Center and Oakley will play on the boys' side of things in a NIT, quote-unquote, type of game today. Uh, and then they have, and then Hoxie and Smith Center will face off against one another on the 20th, um, which, of course, is coming up on Saturday in their NIT-type game. So... Just want to quickly highlight the Mid-Connor League Basketball Tournament. It's a great tournament, a lot of fun. Remember covering it when it used to be played, uh, the, at least the, the finals and uh, final day was played at uh, Fort Hay State uh, there at uh, Gross Memorial Coliseum. Always enjoyed going there and seeing the final rounds being played there. I always enjoyed that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on today. But, of course, we will have coverage on both 102.5 U-Rock and 100.3 The Ride of Colby and Goodland's Quest to capture themselves in orange and black classic. I was doing some research, a little bit of research, not a ton, but a, fu a fun but sad fact, Christian, that you don't know. Maybe you did, maybe you did the researching, but Colby boys have never won their own tournament. It's never been done. In what is now the 39th year of the orange and black classic, they have never won their own tournament. Uh, maybe this is the year. We'll see. Uh, they get Liberty in the first round tonight. Uh, Colby girls, I think, have won it a couple times. Uh, I was doing some looking at Goodland, who hasn't, you know, Goodland was here for a while and then left for a while and then came back. I was looking at some of that again. The Goodland boys have never even played in the championship game of the Orange wow. and Black Classic. Um, in fact, the last time they even finished, they were even in the uh, winner side of the bracket, it looks like, was 1991. <laughs> it's been a while. Oh. Now, once again, that's not consecutive years because... There were some years where they didn't play in this tournament, so I, I want to put that out there, but it's been a while. Uh, the Goodland girls have had more success. They actually won the tournament for the first time since 1986, which was the first year of the tournament, mind you. They won it last year in 2023. Uh, they finished runners-up in 21 and 22, losing to Garden City and Life Prep out of Wichita. So Goodland girls have had a little bit more success in the Orange and Black Classic. Goodland boys have not had much success there. Uh, Colby boys have played for the tournament title I know a few a few times but have never won their own tournament um, and the Colby girls I don't know enough about that to really feel I'm, I'm pretty sure they've won it at least a time or two um, but I don't know much more past that nonetheless the Orange and Black Classic 39th annual gets underway today from the Colby Event Center which I'm so thankful for the Event Center because I remember the good old days which I'm not on if anything it's the Colby Committee Building there were some great things about that old gym uh, but one thing was if you had a team playing in the championship side of the bracket and then playing in the consolation side of the bracket, you'd have to pack up and drive south to the high school to play in that and then drive back to the community building, which, as you know, is it's not it's not a long trip, but the packing, the unpacking, the traveling in between, it can be a real headache for a broadcaster. So that's what uh, happened many years. But now we're all in one building. It's still not easy to play back-to-back -back games and switch locations, but it can be done if you don't have an overtime game, which happened a few years ago to me, there was an overtime game, and so you didn't get two. 
uh, the gym, the other gym in time, and see caught up about halfway through the thir- uh, halfway through the first quarter before your friend like, all right, here we go. And boy, nothing throws off a broadcast worse than starting in the middle of a game. Ooh, that's harsh, <laughs> so harsh. But anyway, let's dive into some of the games here. Uh, first round games in this year's Orange and Black Classic. Uh, we'll start on the girls' side if you don't have any issue with that. We'll start on the ladies' side. But first round games include Colby Ulysses. Uh, we'll just start in time order. So games will tip off in the auxiliary gym. Hayes versus Beloit at 3 Central, followed by Wellington and Olathe East. Once again in the main gym. And then auxiliary gym, or sorry, that's the auxiliary gym. And then in the main gym is Wellington, Olathe East. And then following that, you'll have Colby Ulysses in the main gym at 6.30 and Goodland Lamar at 8.15 in the auxiliary gym and the nightcapper uh, in the ox gym. That's the girls' bracket. First and foremost, is there anything that stands out to you about this uh, this opening bracket? I will say a couple things. Number one is you have Goodland, who is a ranked 3A team. Wellington is a ranked team as well. Uh, Girls-wise, they're very, very good. Hayes is a very good basketball team. I don't know if they're ranked or not, but I know they're very good. They've got some very talented pieces uh, on their team. And we all know that Colby's a ranked team. So you have, I think, three to four ranked teams on the girls' side of the bracket uh, which will make this uh, a very interesting uh, tournament, I think, overall, uh, at, the, at least on the girls' side of the bracket. Your thoughts on on the bracket, and then dive into your thoughts on the opening game for Colby between them and Ulysses. Yeah, absolutely. First off, I want to say I'm very excited. Uh, it is the 39th annual Orange and Black, uh, but it is my first one. So uh, thrilled to get out there and uh, have a home game, obviously, uh, we had a tournament, uh, the top side tip off earlier this year where, you know, as broadcasters are doing a little bit of running around, but this time the running around is at home and, uh, you know, in a familiar gym. So I appreciate that. I will say uh, the thing that stood out to me the most is that, again, this is, I want to make very clear on a relative scale because there are some incredible teams and top to bottom, a very talented tournament. But Colby's got a pretty decent draw in this tournament. Uh, as you starting, should when you're the host. You should set the bracket as up. As you should, but I don't know. It, you, did you set up the bracket that way? I don't, you, know. um, you, you start with a Ulysses team uh, that is struggling a little bit, and uh, we'll get into that in just a moment, but they are still yet to grab a win, and their most recent loss comes also at the hand hands, I should say, of the Lady Eagles. Then you've got Hayes and Beloit, and Hayes, uh, both of them are actually five and three, and both are playing pretty good basketball, but again, on this, on the relative scale of the top teams here in this tournament are top, you know, top five, top ten teams in the state of Kansas. Uh, When you take that into consideration, the winner of Hayes-Beloit becomes maybe somehow a little bit easier, and you do have a pretty decent draw and a pretty decent trip to the tournament. Uh, the tri- the fact, I will say, that you could be meeting and playing for fourth place, playing for seventh place against a, uh, a top five team in the state or a top ten team in the state is a little bit ridiculous. It just shows you how much talent is in this tournament. And uh, specifically for this Ulysses game, uh, they, you know, we talked a little bit about this team Last week, of course, it was just under a week ago when last both of these teams played, and it was against each other. Uh, That was only Colby's second home game of the year. They hosted Ulysses at the time. They were 0 of 8. 
uh, and they continue to kind of struggle this year. They are, I will say, much improved from a year prior. That was the headline going into last week's game. It still is. They. It's not like they were incredibly competitive in that game where the Ulysses Tigers, but they definitely showed me uh, some pretty decent basketball for stretches. They can shoot the three well. They they looked pretty good overall. Their their break, uh, the, the press that they run was pretty good too. Really the downfall was how much they turned the ball over, and it was a ridiculous amount of times. Uh, I know I talked about not having the official stats from that game uh, when we first talked about it, and Elizabeth Barton maybe was flirting with a double-double in steals. She had 11 steals in that game. 11. That's ridiculous. It it was a, a wild amount of disjointedness, and it, it almost spoke to their inexperience a little bit where it kind of um, stacked onto itself where – once you start making a couple of mistakes, they compounded. You do have multiple freshmen and a sophomore in the starting lineup. That's going to be the case sometimes as you run into a little bit of uh, inexperience and you get into your own heads a little bit. But all in all, you you hate to look over a team like Ulysses because they are, you know, they play pretty hard. They get to their spots well defensively, and they're much improved from last year. Uh, but how much will you really try to get this thing uh, so that it's done as early as possible and maybe have to sit your start or hope to sit your starters come, you know, that fourth quarter. Well, I think, once again, it's always interesting to play a team back-to-back because it doesn't happen very often unless it's like these situations where, you know, you play them in the regular season, then you play them in the tournament. Um, I This is no offense to Ulysses. I think they've lost like 42 in a row if you don't count the forfeit victory that they got against the team last season. Um, you want to go if you count that, it's still like 17 or 18 losses in a row for Ulysses. So it's been a tough stretch for Lady Tiger basketball. There's no doubt about it after they had a really good run there uh, with girls like Daisy Ballesteros and others. Uh, they were, I don't know if it was Daisy Ballesteros or somebody else, but anyway, they Ballesteros girls were pretty darn good there for a while. But, uh, you know, now you've got Colby, who I, once again, when you're the host, you are going to set the bracket up to put yourself in the best position. That's what you're going to do. It's all right. Every team, every tournament does it. If you're the host, you're going to put yourself in the position at least to be on the championship side of the bracket. You don't want your team to be playing in the smaller gymnasium or whatever. Like, you don't want that. You want to make sure that your team gets a chance to at least be on the championship side of the bracket and bring home some hardware from your own tournament. So Colby did that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, they will have, after I think they get past Ulysses in the first round, uh, Hayes, I think, will be a very formidable opponent. I know they graduated some key pieces from last year, but they still have some nice pieces, including a very good up-and-coming freshman. Um, so they have some nice pieces there for Hayes High. And no doubt the opposite side of the bracket is very much loaded. You have a Goodland team that's the defending uh, three-gauge state champions. Uh, Wellington, who's a really, really, is a really good team that's ranked. I think just has one loss on the season. Uh, Olathe East, which is, of course, the biggest school there in the girls' bracket. And then Lamar, who is a pretty darn good program. Kind of getting to my preview of Goodland and Lamar. Lamar is a pretty good program. They have, they've been, uh, they've had 20, they've had multiple 20-win seasons over the last uh, handful of years or so. They've had some really good seasons. This year, a little bit more of a down year. They graduated a key piece from last, four graduates from last year's team. They also lost a couple of juniors and I think a sophomore that might have moved away. Uh, or didn't go out for basketball this year. And so it's been a big hit to their program, but they still have a young lady by the name of Brooklyn Robbins, who I would like to nickname her, and if I was the coach, I'd call her Basket Robbins. And not Baskin, Basket Robbins. 
Uh, and I wish she averaged 31 points because that'd be great. That'd be awesome uh, because uh, she can fill it up, averaging 16 points and eight boards. Uh, she is no doubt, hands down, their best player and probably the best athlete on the floor when Lamar's on the floor. Um, she's very, very good. But other than that, though, they have a lot of youth to an extent um, and some other girls that they have a couple other girls that are in the junior class that are okay. But other than that, they play a lot of freshmen and sophomores that don't have a lot of experience and probably need to be playing some JV ball uh, more than they're playing varsity. So I think if Goodland comes out and plays like they have here the last couple of games, that great defense, um, which Lamar struggles to play, struggles to score the ball. I think they only average 31 points per game. Where and they, But they are a good defensive team. So this might be a little bit of a defensive struggle between these two teams. But I think if Goodland can clamps down defensively and find a way to knock down a few shots, uh, they'll have a chance to advance into the uh, championship side of the bracket where I, I think they'll beat Wellington, but I'm not 110% sure on that. I don't know what to expect from Olathe East. Uh, just my gut feeling on that. So there's the girls' bracket for you. Once again, first-round games include Hayes Beloit, Wellington, Olathe East, Colby Ulysses and Goodland Lamar in the nightcap in the auxiliary gym, which we'll have coverage of that here on 1025 UROC. As for the boys' bracket at the 39th annual Orange and Black Classic, first round games include starting off with Olathe North Pine Creek in the main gym to get things going, followed by a 445 tip central time Beloit Ulysses in the auxiliary gym. Then it'll be Goodland Hayes at 630 in the auxiliary gym. And then the night capper in the main gym, Colby, and give me liberty or give me death uh, is who the Eagles will face off against in the main gym there. So what are your thoughts against Colby and liberty, uh, <laughs> Christian, besides the great historical quote? I, I know you've been wanting to say that for a while, so I, I do appreciate <laughs> it. Um, it. Yeah, I haven't taken an American history uh, class since probably junior year uh, of college, so we'll, we'll avoid getting into the depths of that. But uh, I I think it's actually going to be a decent game on paper. They're I, first off, I want to tell you, as a broadcaster, one of my favorite things to do, especially at the high school or kind of the lower D2 level, or, you know, the D2 lower D1 levels, is kind of figure out a team. Because sometimes, and uh, a lot of the times in high school, you don't get a lot of tape or there's not a lot of ways uh, sometimes to physically watch a team play before you play them. You know, go go watch their offensive sets or see some highlight reel. So you kind of have to look through when they have their stats available, which, again, isn't always. Piece through them and sift and kind of figure out what makes this team tick. And this is one of the more interesting teams uh, I will say that I have run into certainly this year, the Liberty Lancers. Uh, they're from Colorado Springs, and they're a 6A team. Uh, so they're absolutely huge, and that throws things off certainly because records and stats don't always apply or kind of – I don't know how well they juxtapose to, you know, a 6A to a 3A because Colby has played a 2A school. They've played a 4A school, or they will play a 4A school, but I haven't seen them play – a difference in size this large and the size that Liberty has is not limited only to the number of students at their school. It also extends to the physical size of their kids. Ross, get this. Guess how many kids there are in their rotation below 6'2". At give Liberty you High School, so you're saying how many kids are not 6'2 or are not 6'2 or in above their in their rotation? So they'll go... They'll go like 
eight two. times nine. Two. Give me two. It's one. One. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So you're uh, saying they're, they're tall. I'm saying they're tall in all caps with an exclamation point. They have uh, in their rotation that you'll see 6'5", you'll see 6'7", and you'll see in the starting lineup 6'10". Landon Prater, the starting center for the Liberty Lancers, is 6'10". Not only that, uh, he averages just shy of a double-double in addition to four blocks. Uh, Here's the kicker, though. He shoots from outside 47%, and on pretty good Big volume. Big man's got too. range. Big man the got Big range. Big man has a ton of range. That's scary. Uh, the the zone that the Eagles play defensively will give you a nice upper hand, where you, of course, uh, a one-three-one that rotates well as the Eagles does, can prevent. Uh, And this is really the point of it. Low block isolation, so that's big. But the thing is, if they can hit threes, which they can do pretty well, they shoot 37% as a a team, you might have to get them out of that zone, and that would cause a lot of trouble for the Eagles. Uh, The thing is, the Liberty Lancers, despite being 6A, despite having all this size, uh, are 2-8 and on the year, including five Mm. straight losses Mm. that they bring into this tournament. And you kind of wonder, this is where I'm getting into, how is that possible? You know, what makes this happen? Because, uh, you know, there's so many good pieces and there's a lot of talent on this floor. It's turnovers. It is turning the ball over. They turn it over a ton, right around 20 turnovers a game, particularly committed by their two stars, their 6'3 point guard, which is ridiculous, by the way, and their 6'10 center. And then they force... Uh, almost no turnovers. They average 2.3 steals a game as a team. So it, it's interesting to see how that will all work and how their length and their size, do they now suddenly force a ton of turnovers because they're playing a team whose tallest player is 6'3"? Uh, I don't know. It, it, it'll be very interesting. I'm intrigued to see how this game goes because I could see it going a lot of different ways. When I see, I get, exa- I, I totally get what you're saying about how you know nothing about a team, you can't find really information. You have to piece together a picture in your mind of what to expect, you know, as a broadcaster, because um, you don't get film usually. Uh, so you're just kind of piecing together the numbers and the size, and you try to put together. Here's the biggest thing that I can say, probably that I would say going into that game. You might have all the size in the world, but if you only have two wins at all that size, my question is how skilled is this size? Just because you're tall doesn't mean you have great hand-eye coordination. That's that's what I would say. And, yes, you may have a guy that's hitting how many percentage of threes at 6'10". That's great. But 6'10 needs to be able to score in the paint against 6'3". Can you do that? I don't know if you can. Tonight, no doubt, Colby will be forced to probably make some outside jumpers because getting into the paint might be a bit of a challenge. Might. I don't know. Maybe this guy can't block anything. I have no idea. That's the, that's the thing from the broadcast perspective when you're looking at it. You're like, I don't know what to expect. This guy might be Shaq in there for all I know. But, you know, I think if Colby can knock down some outside jumpers, which Jordan Jones has proven to do that this year. And uh, the other thing that, that uh, I know 
that I know Colby, I think, at least Colby's been in the past. I don't know about underneath Coach Stevens, but at least in the past, underneath Parker McKee, they were might have been undersized, but they knew how to work around the bucket. By that meanings, we might be going against bigger people. Okay, shot fake. All right, let's get the guy in the air. Lean into him. Get fouled. Put it up. Okay, you know, you get a guy, six foot ten guy who doesn't play a lot of small guys or whatever, you know, and gets in foul trouble. <laughs> what does it matter? I, I have a feeling. I have a hunch. Colby's probably going to fare better despite being the undersized team. I don't know why. I just have a hunch. So they're probably going to fare better than what we think. But we'll see. Who knows? We will see. Um, that ought to be a really good game between Colby and Liberty in the first round. I think probably the first round game to watch uh, in the boys' side of the bracket between two teams. It's either, I, I believe it's going to be Goodland and Hayes. Um, no offense to Beloit Ulysses, which Beloit's very, very good. Um, Ulysses is an improving team. I just don't think Ulysses has enough to hang with Beloit. So I think it's probably going to be Hayes and Goodland uh, at 6 or That'll be the best boys' game of the first round. Here's the biggest thing that stands out to me about this game, Christian. Goodland's coming off their first loss of the year, a loss down Hugetson in overtime. On the road, nothing to hang your heads about. Does it sting? Yes. You wanted to win the you wanted to win the GWAC title. That was one of your goals this year. Totally understandable. It's very hard to do now because you're behind Hugetson. You're gonna need help from your other GWAC mates to get that done. But here's the best thing if I'm Goodland. We got beat. We learned some things about ourselves playing some really good competition. Now we get a chance in the very next game, six days later, to try and correct those things against a team that's probably going to be just about as good as Hugotin. I'm not saying they're going to be as good as Hugotin, but maybe on the same level. You know, because sometimes what happens is, Christian, you'll play a game against a team that you're that you're equally good against or maybe you're not as good as against, and you get you get exposed in some areas. And then you go to the next couple games and you play a team that's kind of below you, and so then you end up just, you know, looking great again. Whereas now you get a chance to be challenged not only tonight, but more than likely again tomorrow night against Olathe North and Pine Creek. So you get a chance to, I that's I think the best part about this whole ordeal, is that you get a chance to correct some of the things that, I'm not going to say you did wrong, but needed to work on maybe a little bit. In this case, just in my opinion, Goodland got outworked on the glass against a, a team that kind of won a little bit more. Well, can you do that against Hayes, which is known for being a pretty darn good, ferocious rebounding team? I think that'd be a good thing to see. Can you make your free throws down the stretch? Goodland struggled with that. Can you do that? Now, you can do that in any game. But, you know, I think it's a great it's a great thing that that Goodland gets a chance to face another high-quality opponent right after a high-quality a loss to a high-quality opponent to make those corrections and go out there and try and get this done. This Hayes is not an unbeatable team. Goodland last year hung with Hayes for a while, and then Hayes just started outworking Goodland. In the first, they they outworked them. They they outworked them on the glass. Goodland can't let that happen this year. They got to go and attack the boards. They got to be getting those offensive boards. They got to make sure when when Hayes puts it up, it's one and done. Um, got to make sure you limit Jack Weimer, who's a phenomenal guard. He's going to probably go play college ball somewhere at the NAIA level. Uh, he's a talented guy. Um, and then you've got the Fox boys, Kaiser and Isaac. Who are, are pretty athletic guys at six foot two, six foot three, and they have a big guy in Dawson Reuter who's six foot, I think he's six foot seven, I think is how tall he is. They got Hayes got all the pieces. But Goodland has all the pieces too. 
That's the thing. It's not like Goodland is, is lack of pa- talent or pieces. They have it too. It's just about going out there, correcting on what went wrong in the Hugotson game a little bit, and continuing to play your game that you've played so well here through these first you know nine games of the season. So I, I'm super intrigued for this game um, at 6.30 Central, 5.30 Mountain Time because I want to see how does Goodland respond against another quality opponent after suffering their first loss. I want to see how this looks because I believe Goodland has the pieces to get a win tonight if they can play a full, you know, if they can play all together for a full four quarters and correct a few minor things, uh, they they can win this game tonight. They can. But if you don't do those little things right, especially in the rebounding side of things, Hayes might get you again for the second consecutive year at the Orange and Black. So, uh, yeah, very very intriguing first round games for sure. I'm I'm excited for it. I know I've said that a bunch of times, but there's such talent on both sides of these brackets, and particularly for the boys. They really haven't played a great you – know, they played some good teams, but they haven't played a great team uh, this side of Christmas break. And really, they haven't played a, a really high-quality opponent since Scott City. So I'm, I'm interested, A, how does Liberty look and can they get past them because, uh, you know, they're, they're over in a you know big city and how much does that translate in all these things. But then once you get to – you know, Beloit's a tough team to test your metal against. If assuming oh, Beloit's, that's your second Beloit round is matchup. so good, and they have, or sorry, so Bel- I say so good. Beloit is good, and they are very well coached. They've always mm. been a very well coached team. Always been impressed by Beloit, and especially their coaches. Do a great that's job. That's a tough team to to test your metal against. Assuming that's your second round matchup that would be played on Friday, also at eight fifteen in the main gym, but. It, it is almost a, a measuring stick for them. How do you stand up against those tough teams? Because the first time you really played one was was Scott City, and, and you, you got beat pretty bad. So how much do you rebound, and how well can you test your medal? I don't know. and But at the same time, it's not an end-all, be-all at Beloit because that's maybe the best team any high school team will face this year. We'll see. Should be very interesting, that's for sure. Um, I was thinking about it if the boy, if Wellsville boys, which were also ranked inside the top five and three A, if they were because the girls came to the tournament, if the boys came too, <laughs> what a tournament field that would be! It'd be loaded, absolutely loaded. Because Beloit's number Already one, because Beloit's number one in three A, Goodland is number two, and then you have Wellsville. I think is like number four or five. So you'd have like it'd be impressive uh, if Wellsville boys were in this tournament bracket, but they are not. Anyway, the 39th annual Orange and Black Classic gets underway today. Christian will have coverage starting at what? Around 6 o'clock Central Time, getting you set for Colby Ulysses on 100 points for the ride. And I'll have coverage starting a little bit after that, pretty close to around that time on 1025 U-Rock as Goodland takes on Hayes on the boys' side of the bracket, followed by the girls and the night camper. So I look forward to bringing you coverage from the Orange and Black Classic tonight at Colby's Event Center. All right, we are unbelievably past due for a break. (laughs) Let's take a quick break and we come back. We'll look back to last night. Uh, Good night for Colby Community College men as well as Northwest Tech men. Tougher night for the women, but hey, a split. We'll take that. That's next on the Morning Blitz.